Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys, Will, Woody, and CJ, and we come to break it down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for them sports they play outdoors, we outside, we side to side, that's how we ride. And we are entering the final week of the NFL season, which means your fantasy football championships should be concluded unless you play in one of those whack leagues that end on the most whack week. But speaking of how we ride, it's been one heck of a ride through fantasy football this year. So let's talk about some of the awards. We're going to hand out our side-to-side fantasy football awards for the 2021 season. And we just want to take a special moment to shout out our main man, John Madden. May you rest in peace. And we just thank you for all you've contributed to the NFL as a coach, as a broadcaster, and as an elite video game maker. Um, and we hope they get their act together. That's my personal opinion um, in your legacy. But let's get into the awards now. Um, fantasy football awards. Fellas, if you had to give a most valuable fantasy player, an MVP, who would it be? This is an easy one for me. Um, you know, I'm taking uh, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he just blew it up this year. I mean, week after week, it was just twenty plus for him. You know, he was he was the focal point of that offense all year. Um, never wavered. He's my fantasy MVP. The only person uh, I shouldn't say the only person that I considered, but my runner up was uh, Travis Kelsey. I like him um, specifically because of the position. He just outperforms everybody. It's a huge piece of the puzzle. If you can get that many points out of your tight end slot, you're going to end up outperforming a lot of teams, especially if you're in head to head, you know, in, in uh, the weekly challenge. So, you know, those are my two, but I have to give Jonathan Taylor the, the crown. Well, um, unlike the NFL um, MVP award, the fantasy MVP award, I feel like a lot of times should be long to a non-QB. Um, when you look at the highest fantasy scorers, though, like every literally every year, the majority are, are quarterbacks, right? Because, you know, quarterbacks, you know, they, they get 20 points a game. Um, if they're better than that, then some of them get 25. If they are Derek Carr, they might get nine, then they might get 23. And if they're Zach Wilson, they get four. But anyway, um, if you look at that top 10 uh, of the fantasy scorers, there's only one person on that list that's not a QB. And that person is my pick for the fantasy football MVP. And it happens to also be CJ's pick. That is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's had a, a great year. Uh, behind that O line, you know, he, he's he's done a terrific job proving the naysayers wrong. Uh, the next non QB um, on that list doesn't appear until number fourteen, and uh, we'll be talking about him in, in just a just a little bit of time. But uh, yeah, I, I would say Jonathan Taylor. If you want to go with the number one, you know, scorer, then I believe that's Josh Allen. 
Um, but you know, QB, that's a, you know, it's a tight thing. You know, you don't know, you know, it doesn't really matter too much if you had Josh Allen versus Tom Brady this year. Well, it definitely mattered if you had Jonathan Taylor versus any other running back in the league. You got two running back slots to fill. So, yeah. Hey, you know, you fellas have some very interesting takes and, um, it is hard to argue against Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor had an incredible fantasy football year and um, he was drafted consistently in the first round uh, throughout many leagues um, you know anywhere from five to twelve he was usually going and at the beginning of the year I thought five was too early for him but boy was I wrong Uh, Mm of Jonathan Taylor and a lot of people thought that you know Jonathan Taylor absolutely destroyed it but I'm gonna go with the flip side inside out take of Woody's take the NFL MVP is typically always a quarterback because you kind of need a quarterback, um, you know, at least a serviceable or decent quarterback uh, if your team wants to be in contention. In fantasy football, we always recognize it as you need those running backs because, you know, there's two slots to fill and teams are going to be drafting them. And the fact that the supply doesn't meet the demand everybody takes running backs like early. That's why they go off the board. Um, There's a lot of receivers and quarterback. I mean, you're probably in a 10 to 12 team league. A lot of people wait on quarterbacks because you usually are trusting that you'll get someone that you can rely on. So you wait until the later rounds. But if you're really smart quarterback, because they are the highest scorers, I feel like should get recognized a lot more as value in fantasy football. So when I pick my fantasy football MVP this year, I'm absolutely going to give it to Josh Allen. And here's why, because we're 17 weeks behind us in the season and he's thrown for just under 42 yards, 35 touchdowns, 700 yards rushing and another six rushing touchdowns. If you have that player on your team, let's say you took Josh Allen at the end of the first round or somewhere in the second round, you're getting a consistent 30 plus points from your quarterback every single week, 30 to 40 points that that can make up for that running back that only gets you six or seven points or those receivers that get you maybe five catches, 75 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, I really feel like people miss the mark on quarterbacks and there's only a couple of them that put up elite production like josh allen right now and my mvp is josh allen and i would say next year when you get ready to do your draft value the elite quarterback more and you will find yourself alive at the end of the season that's why i cannot wait to do this side-to-side fantasy football league because that is outrageous. That is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'll tell you something, Jonathan Taylor, right? We said that he's the only person in the top 10. The next best running back is Austin Eckler, all right? How many less points in a half-point PPR league did Jonathan um, than Austin Eckler have compared to Jonathan Taylor? He had 80 less points. That's number one to number two is the drop-off, 80 points. If you go through QBs and you go from Josh Allen and subtract 80, there are nine other QBs that fall in that range. So it's not worth 
sacrificing 80 points. If you you can Uh-oh. get a Tom had how many less? 30 less? Or, you know, any of those guys that are within that 80 range? Because the drop-off is steep in running backs. That's why it matters. Because if you get the eighth running back, that is not even close to having the eighth best QB where you can still have an elite talent at your eighth best QB like Kyler Murray, whereas your eighth best running back is Saquon. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how elite Kyler Murray is. He starts off high, but he always finishes, um, you know, with some rough games when you need him most in the playoffs. But let me clarify. I'm not saying draft a quarterback over an elite running back. I'm saying a lot of people roll the dice on waiting on that elite quarterback. So depending on your draft position, you know, if the Jonathan Taylors are off the board, your game plan should be to get one of these valuable elite quarterbacks and a running back because one player isn't going to take you to the championship. There's a lot of Jonathan Taylor owners out there who didn't even make the playoffs. And, and the, well, the one, the one are there, I would, I would absolutely in my league, the person who had Jonathan Taylor only won like four games. So, Sounds Here, like a bomb. Here's here's one thing that I'm surprised that that Gaddy didn't bring up in his argument is that durability, right? The best ability is availability for any of these guys week to week. Jonathan Taylor happened to be healthy all year long. If Derrick Henry were healthy, if Christian McCaffrey were healthy, we might not be talking about him as the number one running uh, pick, right? Running back, whatever. You have to understand, like, there, there is an argument to be had. If you're going to be a quarterback consistently getting 70 rushing yards and, you know, rushing in for seven or eight touchdowns a year, sure, he might be a better pick for you just because he's an early stage of his career, like MVP Cam Newton style, right? Like, just oftentimes in leagues, rushing touchdowns are worth more than passing touchdowns. So, you can you can take that into account when you have a scrambling quarterback like you know if you're Mike Vick back in the day he's getting you a ton of rushing yards a ton of rushing touchdowns Cam Newton same thing so there is an argument to be had um with some of these scrambling quarterbacks that are picking up yards now i'm not the guy who's picking Josh Allen over even some of those injured running backs I'm talking about, you'd have to twist my arm pretty hard to take him over McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Taylor, even like Najee Harris. Uh, like, I mean, running backs are a premium. You can go look at how many people Matt Stafford started my, on my team as a backup quarterback week one to Russell Wilson. Oh, who do you think I went with? I mean, that, that was my backup <laughs> He was taking way way late right back seat like people just forgot you know hey matt stafford well he might be good we'll see there was 10 other quarterbacks taken before him so. oh and that's true every quarterback isn't going to give you 700 yards right i mean we're talking about running backs when you have a quarterback that can throw for four thousand, run for 700 and put up more than a handful of touchdowns that is elite not every quarterback is going to do that like yeah. Patrick Mahomes, what's the difference between Mahomes and Josh Allen this year? Mahomes threw for more yards. They threw for the same amount of touchdowns. But Josh Allen has those rushing stats that boost him up way higher than Mahomes. Now, you know, typically you would think Mahomes would get like a 50, you know, 50 touchdowns. But this wasn't that type of year for them. 
And, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Josh Allen isn't going to do that every year. I'm specifically talking about this year. And next year, who knows who that quarterback may be? You know, that 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 rushing quarterback or that quarterback can get you 4,000 and then an additional 700 and over a handful of touchdowns. It may be somebody else. But um, we can definitely, uh, you know, I, I say if you don't know. Don't sleep on that guy. If you don't know, though then why would you draft them so early? Whereas you know for a fact, if you get the running back wrong, and I just named two guys, right? I, I named um, Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, 80-point difference, right? But QB, if you get the wrong guy, if you picked Tom Brady instead of Josh Allen, like you're, you're all right. If you picked Aaron Rodgers, you're all right. But if you picked any person other than Jonathan Taylor, like you're at a severe disadvantage. Right. That's not, you can, you can still build a team with quality running backs because the, at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor, we're going to talk about who's your 2022 early number one pick. You know, I would say it's probably consensus is probably going to be him, right? You're not going to get a Jonathan Taylor next year because of what he did this year. You know, Derek Henry, Usually taking people are like, man, I'm not going to take him because he doesn't get receptions. Well, now he does. Like, you know, like some of these things happen. And then the next year is when you react to it. You know, Josh Allen is one of those quarterbacks who has consistently put up over the past few seasons now these passing stats and rushing stats and touchdowns. So he he's in a different category fantasy football wise. And yes, if you're drafting the smart way, you still take the running back because of supply and demand. But the, in that second round, you know, especially if you have a late pick, if that elite quarterback is there who's going to give you running back production and quarterback production, you know, waiting, nah, I could probably get an Aaron Rodgers in like the eighth round. And then you take this receiver who may be on your disappointed list by the end of the year, you are missing out on a consistent elite quarterback. And that's why I can't wait to be in the league with you guys next year because I will be on this camera hoisting my championship. But um, that's our fantasy MVP. That's the MVP. Who was your biggest surprise in fantasy football? Let me go because I just just need to exhale right now. So let, let me just go right now. And I will tell you my biggest surprise. It should this actually should be a consensus pick. Uh, spoiler alert: my number one for next year is not uh, who will guest. But this, if, if if this isn't a consensus pick, then I'll tell you something right now. Both of you guys are wrong because there's only one true pick. This person was ranked 17th in his position in pre uh, preseason rankings. 17th, and what did he finish as? He finished number one. He's having a historic season there is no other person biggest surprise of the year his cup runneth over cooper cup the man himself he has been incredible all year incredible all year i see cj making that face you you knew that he was going to have a historic year 17th 17th ranking you know know who's making history right now a a guy named jamar chase did you think that he was going to have this good of a year did you were you sitting there preseason saying joe burrow is going to tear it up with jamar chase what do you do boys we already saw what justin jefferson did what are you talking about jamar chase yeah that's what we were expecting. no i did not th- i thought he would be good but i did not think he was going to be this good 
No, I actually have to agree with um, Mr. Craig Joseph here, CJ, because Jamar Chase in the preseason was getting he was getting destroyed for dropping every pass that came his way. We knew that the addition of Matt Stafford was going to increase productivity. Now, did we know it was going to be on a historic pace? No, the answer is absolutely not. Cooper Cup. Did we know if it was Cup or, his or Robert cup, Woods? Run, his did Cup we? running over was absolutely a surprise. Like you know, it could have been it could have been either receiver, but Cup and Stafford that might have helped him. The fact yeah. that Woods was gone, you know, like Stafford, exactly Cup and Stafford, they they hit it off together, right? We knew that Cup was going to be a great receiver this year, right? But what we did not know, but what you didn't, what nobody saw coming, was this rookie wide receiver. It's arguable that Joe Burrow could be the surprise of the year, throwing for 4,600 yards. Like, you know, um, first of all, that Bengals team, but 1,400 yards for a rookie receiver and 13 touchdowns is ridiculous. It's definitely on Randy Moss level. You guys literally seen what his teammate Justin Jefferson did. He was reunited with Burrow, the top receiver off the draft. Dude, he was a surprise. Dude, he had a great dude. year. You can't go by. You can't go by another hold team. On, hold on, hold on. Average draft position is a really good tell of 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 what people thought people were going to do during the pre. You know, before fantasy football started, all the preseason, everything like that. Okay, Jamar Chase average draft position seventy six. Cooper Cup thirty points higher, forty six. Who's the bigger surprise there? Cooper Cup because he's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase by three rounds. Jamar Chase by three rounds. He's literally outproducing any other receiver. That's what I'm saying. No one was predicting him to produce like this. Neither would I mean Jamar Chase. Well, listen, as a die, as forget stats. I've seen Matt Stafford make Golden Tate a household name as far as productivity. So when you bring Matt Stafford to the Rams, you knew one of those receivers were going to take off. Which one? Not sure, right? But you knew one of them was going to be producing at a top five level in the NFL. Because when Matt Stafford gets it going with you, he's going to keep going to you. That is Matt Stafford's M.O. That's why the other receiver who has just as much productivity, you know, as Cooper Cup is who? It's a receiver that played with Matt Stafford, Megatron, you know, in that historical year that Megatron had. So I am not as surprised by the productivity of Cooper Cup, but I'm not trying to diminish it because it was absolutely a significant season for him. But it, to me, it is not more surprising than the Bengals. On this very sports cast, you know, we, when I was talking about the AFC North, None of us were giving the Bengals any love. You know, maybe they get five wins. It didn't seem like it would be a good offensive system. But their entire system, they're the first group to have a quarterback with over 4,000 yards passing, two receivers with over 1,000 yards, and a running back over 1,000 yards, and everybody be 25 years old or less. That offense took the league by storm, and the name that – that's the that stirred that pot is Jamar Chase, who was getting killed in the offseason 
for his drops? Is he even going to be a good NFL receiver? I don't know. Maybe they should have went with the offensive tackle, you know, from Oregon. That was all the questions we heard heading into the season. And then Jamar Chase ripped it. The best, the best thing to ask Woody is, all right, let's just say you drafted both of these guys way too high, right? Like you second round, you're like super high on them. You knew something that nobody else knew. You take Cooper Cup in the second round. You're going to take way more heat, way more heat before week one for taking Ooh. Jamar Chase second round Ooh. than you would have if you took Cooper Cup. Way more. Nice. Because that you, is could make, a, you could that make is that a, argument. You could make that argument that, that Gaddy is just preaching on. Like, you know, it's – Stafford came in stronger QB. You go in with Woods, another receiver, like to take a little bit of pressure off. There, one of those guys, like he said, was going to take off with Stafford, and it happened to be Cup. Now Woods getting injured. If you say that didn't benefit Cup's production, that's just wildly inaccurate. I mean, Van Jefferson <laughs> was the second was the second best receiver on that team with 771 yards. You had two other receivers on the Cincinnati Bengals that. Tyler Boyd, people forget, he's got 820-something yards, too. I mean, if he has a big game next week, they could have they could have three 1,000-yard receivers on that team. Like, that's ridiculous. And Jamar Chase being able to have the season that he had with the teammates who were taking away some of those looks. Could you imagine if, if T. Higgins got hurt and, it was, and he didn't have another person to throw the ball to? The amount of targets that he would have seen if he saw two, three more targets per game from Burroughs, he would have he – his cup would have runneth over more than Cooper cups. So I'm, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of would have, could have, if, should, what? Like I don't even know. I'm we're putting in hypothetical. I'm I don't saying, even know where we're at. All, all I'm saying all is giving you is facts and probability and probability. What, what, were those yeah. facts? There are those facts to me because the scenario that he painted was basically the scenario that Cooper Cup went through. Right? Cooper Cup had more targets because he had less talent around him. Right? That, I mean that that is the fact that he dropped it. It's like man, it's not really too often. What, is, what does say, that have to do? What does that have to do with the surprise? We're not talking about well, how, how about I got here. I'm talking about how about you them to be and where they currently are. Cooper Cup is number one. So so Jamar Chase going from 76 to three, right? 76 pre-draft ADP to being ranked the third overall scoring receiver in fantasy from Cooper Cup to 46 to one. The bigger the bigger change is Jamar Chase, just by by plus by, by ADP, but Cooper Cup outscored That's what we're talking Jamar about. Chase. We're talking, we're talking about yeah. the bigger the bigger surprise. Yeah, here. but we're also talking about the the numbers in which they actually produced, like Cooper Cup. Right. The margin that Cooper Cooper Cup is far and ahead the number one wide receiver. Jamar Chase was only like fifty fantasy points behind Cooper Cup. How is that? Only- Listen for a rookie who was dropping passes, who was not expect, who was literally taken in like seven, like between the seventh and eighth round of drafts, compared to Cooper Cup, who was still taken like four, like round four, right? So he's still coming. He's still probably at the very least your number two receiver. I mean, I'm in an auction draft, and Cooper Cup went for a ton, a ton of money, like of a two hundred dollar of a two hundred dollar limit. He was going for like 40 bucks still, which I mean, which is a major percentage of people's salary. Jamar Chase was going for 15, 16 bucks. I mean, that's a steal. He was de- Jamar Chase is far and away the I should actually I shouldn't I shouldn't phrase it like that because he isn't far and away. 
you do make a good case for Cooper Cup, but I think Jamar Chase gets the edge just because of the unknowns, um, you know, going into the season. Well, the, the Bengals are definitely the biggest surprise, like in the in the actual NFL. I don't think anyone could argue that <laughs> there's a bigger surprise. Like the Bengals, Bingo. Bingo. No, what? keep going because you're about to make my point. Keep going. I'm not interrupting. <laughs> keep going. What I'm just saying they had an historic season, but yeah. don't don't let the team success blind you. But what is a big driver of that team's success? It is the no performance world. of Jamar Chase. Whereas when Matt Stafford no went to the Rams, when Matt Stafford went to the Rams, you gave them the championship almost. So you knew that they were going to be balling out there. When Matt Stafford went to the Rams, you anointed them instantly. So you expected more production Not out of their Cooper guys. Cole. Never Cooper Cup. You, but, but Matt Stafford going there means that things are going to be better for the receivers. Yeah, no, look, it cannot be denied that Cooper Cup is definitely a surprise. I personally, and CJ agrees, don't think it can be argued that his production was more surprising than Jamar Chase. And the beautiful thing about the sportscast world is we get to hear what you guys think about this topic. But CJ, let me give you one. I got to give you one last point on this because I just looked it up as, as a stat guy I had to, right? So since fantasy football began, oh. right? Right? Okay. Yeah. The most fantasy points in a game by a wide receiver, Jamar Chase's game, 266 yards, three touchdowns, 11 receptions, was the seventh highest ever, ever. Cooper Cup's not on that list. Just FYI, for the record. So you want to talk about surprise? Who? Oh, if you said that he was going to finish top ten and the best, have one of the best games. If you, if, you, if you told me before the season, Jamar Chase going to finish top five receiver and have one of the single best games fantasy football has ever seen, I would have told you. Uh, I would ask you what you're smoking. I, there's no, <laughs> like you're ridiculous guy. Um, you know, if you told me that a Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup was going to finish as the number one receiver, I'd be like, eh, you know what? Maybe it's possible. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you no. Well, I'll tell you what. If we put a poll to this, who's the biggest We're surprise? It. We're doing I it. I think there's going to be a lot of fans chasing our line of thought as in agreeing, and they're going to be flipping Woody's cup somewhere else because um, that is a horrible chase. It's absolutely – Jamar Chase is absolutely – the more surprising of the two wide receivers. The whole Bengals are surprised. Don't get caught up in the whole surprise. T. Higgins might be a bigger surprise. They're a surprise because of Jamar Chase. That's why they're I don't understand how they're all surprised because of Jamar Chase. Like, so we're he opened up the run game. He were all of four thousand yards of Joe Burrows directly to Jamar Chase. Like, I don't understand how he just because when you have a dynamic talent like that who right off the gate from game one. You know, when he put it up, when he put that film out there, that changes the way defenses has to play the offense. You know, um, Cooper Cup, listen, if you watch the Rams, it's nothing spectacular. You know, he's not he's he's catching balls and he's doing what Julian Edelman used to do. Now, I'm not making it sound like it's nothing, but he's catching that's passes. Exactly he's got yak skills. No, he's got yak skills. That's what they want to do. He's going to do yards after the catch where Jamal, I mean, Jamar Chase is beating double teams, catching balls over defenders, dusting people downfield. Like, he's literally looking like Randy Moss is back in the league right now. You know, uh, he 
he started off the season on the same pace as Randy Moss. So I didn't expect Jamar Chase to be Randy Moss, just being honest with you. And what's really impressive about it is not only is this his rookie year, but the man did not play football, you know, last year. So, I mean, that's that's even that's even it takes receivers a long time to really get up to speed in the NFL. But that's <laughs> that's surprise. That's like uh for, for those of us listening to this, uh Snag literally put up a graphic to tell us to uh move on to the next topic. So we can or because you never really agree. He could have been agreeing with you. It could so, have been agreeing. Let's go. Looks like it's agreeing. But what's what's this? We're talking about the bigger surprise. What's the biggest letdown surprise? Like, who surprised you? Who just fantasy let you down this year? I, I took this personally. I just told you guys who my starting quarterback was in fantasy. I was mm. I was so hyped. I took I took I spent all my money on on Christian McCaffrey. I was loaded. I was going in the season so hyped on the. I was like Russell mm. Wilson's going to tear it up. DJ Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. He's he's going to be dishing this year. Good thing I picked Matt Stafford too. In the <laughs> um, Russell Wilson, biggest letdown. I mean, yeah, you can you know you can blame the finger injury for a few weeks there, but even before that, he was just underperforming. I mean, even Met, Metcalf had a, had a little bit of a hot streak going, and then four weeks in a row, he was a dud. Um, you know, you didn't know Russell Wilson was just unreliable. I mean, at the end of the season, it seemed like things started to click because they finally got the run game going with Penny. He kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, maybe that'll be reestablished next year, but they don't even know if Russell Wilson's going to be coming back next year. I, you know, that was just, uh, that one hurt. That one hurt personally. So I'm, I'm, you know, maybe a little bit biased because he was on my squad, but he's my biggest letdown this year, Russell Wilson. Seahawks were one of the bigger um, letdowns in the entire NFL. That was Will Gaddy's pick for the NFC West champion, by the way. If anyone's wondering, that's what I mean. If your quarterback gets hurt, what happens? Like, what do you expect? <laughs> I mean, they weren't playing well before, as CJ alluded to, but well, no worries. I'm just, the Chiefs weren't playing well, and you guys gave up on them. And look at them now. Who gave up on them? You guys said, no, listen, stop. When I said they would probably finish the year, with no more than four losses, it was all laughs. Like, you know, they were two and three. What's going on with the Chiefs? I said, don't be fooled by this start. It's five weeks into the season. They're going to turn it around. So all I'm saying is the Seahawks, had Russell Wilson not got injured, had plenty of time to turn their four, season around. Four losses. Got you, got you. Okay, that's fair. Um, so um, I feel like there were a lot of letdowns. This was actually a year of the letdowns. Um, and Russell Wilson was definitely one of them. Um, I'm actually going to give uh, Stag a shout out because he just let us know that Calvin Ridley was his, and um, he would. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly had Calvin Ridley and my uh, my choice on the same team. As a matter of fact, I was really excited. People were texting me like, "Oh, good pickup." I had Stefan Diggs as my first wide receiver. Second wide receiver was Calvin Ridley. My third wide receiver was my letdown. My fourth wide receiver, I had Michael Thomas. I was stashing him. And then my fifth was Corey Davis, who, you know, he was the de facto number one in, in New York. I was like, I am stacked. I am stacked. We all know what happened with Ridley. Hopefully he's okay. I'm not sure what's going on there. Allen Robinson, who his entire career has been immune to the horrendousness 
of Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky is out here lining up. He's on a franchise tag, so he's playing for a contract. I was so certain that he was going to at least be one of the best, you know, wide receiver threes in the league. I mean, to, to get him as my third, that was considered a steal. Yeah, but, absolutely. But he 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 robbed me. I mean, that was horrendous. I mean, um, just you know that that same list of predictions. He was or projections. He was the 13th ranked wide receiver in fantasy above Cooper Cup and obviously above Jamar Chase. And he is not even in the top 90. He has been hard. He has not even he never actually had a good game this season. He never had one. Even when Justin Fields started finding his stride a little bit, he found Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. I'd actually have no idea. Like this is getting out of fancy a little bit, but what is his market? Because he is talented. He's 28 years old. You know, I would imagine this is still his prime. He's not hurt. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, who's going to pick him up, but rest assured he is not, he is not going to willingly sign with a team that does not have a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Cause he's tired of it. He's tired of it. And I, I'm tired of my decision of drafting him <laughs> this year. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, Allen Robinson, definitely um, a major disappointment because, like you said, you don't plan to draft him early because of the quarterback situation, but when you do get him, you feel good about it because he's played well with regardless of who's the quarterback been, right? But this year was definitely a disastrous year in the Windy City. Um, my pick for the biggest letdown. Um, in fantasy this year, it's got to be Ezekiel Elliott. Now, he had a rough week one, right? But it's against, uh, at the time, the Buccaneers were playing historical rushing defense. Nobody was running on them for multiple weeks. You got Vita Vea and Dominican Sue in the middle, and you got the best front seven that the league has seen in a while. So that was, you know, we even talked about it on the show. That week's forgivable. But the next five weeks, Ezekiel Elliott really ran off. Um, then they had the bye week. And then coming off the bye week against Denver, Ezekiel Elliott hurt his knee. He took a couple series off, but he came back in the game, and he never missed a game. But he has not been healthy since that Denver game. He's only got two games of 50 yards rushing since week nine. Um, he hasn't been targeted in the receiving game much. The Cowboys have literally been trying to just use him sparingly just to coast to the playoffs. But that doesn't do fantasy owners any good when you look at Ezekiel Elliott's average draft position, which is in the top half of the first round and con consistently in most leagues. So I would have to say when you take a running back, you expect – that premium production, especially if you have one of those top six picks, you know, and you spend them on one of the better running backs that you can get. You got to feel good about that and pairing him with whomever else you draft. And Ezekiel Elliott was a wild letdown uh, for the second year in a row in fantasy football. So you know, a lot of people after that first stretch thought that he was back. Zeke was back. And then the fall off was fast and it lasted. So I would have to say that number 21, Feezy, my man, biggest letdown in fantasy football this year.
Yeah, he was he was part of a big trade for me. I traded him a little early. I drafted Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott. Spent all my money on those two guys. I thought the two headed horse would get me to the to the finals. I finished the year with neither of them. Made it to the finals, but didn't finish the year with either of those guys on my team. And Zeke, part of a trade that netted me uh, James Conner, um, who really just kind of tore it up. I, I picked him up in the <laughs> the week that I got him. Was the week he went off for that thirty-seven point game? It was just ridiculous. So I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I was—I mean, I honestly—I agree with you, Will. Like that was huge letdown for me because you know I was—I was smelling the coffee a little bit soon. Like when he had one of his drop-off weeks, I probably was you know like one of those Massachusetts guys who got too hot of a finger to just you know too too short of patience. But I was just like, get him out. He's out. He's done. Like, nope, give me, give me what I can. I need to upgrade receivers. Maybe somebody will give me a lot for him and change my team around. Um, you know, but yeah, huge, huge disappointment. Definitely. Well, that is, um, I feel like it's a little harsh. It's a little harsh, uh, especially oh, for, for a Cowboys fan, you out here, you know, just turning on your guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, stop. Don't say anything else until I'm finished speaking. I am not turning on my guy because I said he was a fantasy football letdown. Fantasy football means nothing to me. I agree with the Cowboys not using him a lot. He got hurt, okay? You don't want him to miss the full game because you like his pass protection better than Tony Pollard. Nobody in fantasy football cares about who's protecting the quarterback. Will Gaddy cares about Zeke protecting Dak. I don't want him to run the ball as much if he's not healthy. Keep nursing it until we get to the playoffs. Forget your fantasy football team. So I am not turning on my guy just because I'm telling the facts about him being a fantasy football letdown to people like you both who only care about Zeke in the box score. I care about Zeke on the roster. Now you can say what you wanted to say. <laughs> Whew. So, with that being said, um, he's still I'm finished. The top 10. He, he was still a top ten running back, like in fantasy. So, I feel like it's it's a little it was bit a hard. bad year for running backs overall. That's that's actually a pretty good point because like most of the top ones actually got hurt. So that that is a good point. But still, in the like in the end, like if you had Zeke, like you still had the sixth best running back in all of fantasy. I feel like that's a little harsh to look, the when, you look at, when you look at that in the grand total in the grand scheme of things, you know, that doesn't help you week to week when Zeke was out there getting five points, six points, you know, like in consecutive weeks, he's putting up this minimal amount of points that you're probably not winning your games with. That's what makes him a letdown. Then he gets a big week where he has 48 yards rushing and two touchdowns, right? But what about the four weeks prior to that? So that's what I'm saying. On a consistent basis, he wasn't bringing what you would expect him to bring because his usage was significantly limited. Um, so that, that's why he's my pick. Uh, it, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, if you just look at where he ranked against everybody else, every player on that ranking has a story that you could probably tell. That's fair. Um, I wonder if there is a, an award that side-to-side -side sports will unanimously award somebody. Well, I know this next one is definitely not. I don't think any of you are really? going to 
say my waiver wire pick of the year. In fact, I should probably just say it first. Say it first. Oh, my goodness. There is only one true answer for this. And I'm disappointed already that I'm probably the only one that noticed this, right? But waiver wire, what do you gentlemen usually pick up off the waiver wire most consistently in a fantasy year? Defenses. Exactly, right? You probably look for a team that has a weak matchup, and that's who I'm going to pick up. Now, there's one team that one of you in the sports fantasy sports world out there probably picked up one week, and then you're like, hmm. And then the next week they score a lot more. You're like, hmm. And then the next week they continue to score. And you're like, okay, maybe I got to just play these boys, right? I'm talking about oh the Dallas Cowboys for waiver wire pickup of the year. Last year, they had the most disastrous defense. If you drafted the Cowboys defense, you are a fool, right? You're definitely not going to play them against Tampa Bay on the first week. But then if you pick them up afterwards, because of the matchups. Well, what did the Dallas Cowboys do this year? They had eight defensive touchdowns. That's more than some wide receivers. They had 38 sacks, 25 interceptions, and eight recovered fumbles. They were by far the leading defensive scoring unit in the fantasy sports world. So I don't know who else out there. I mean, there's some great picks out there that you probably picked up on a waiver wire, and they probably did some good things for you. But the Cowboys consistently held it down for a defense that scored as much as anyone else on your roster all throughout the season. Wow. Wow. So those stats are true, huh? Thirty-eight Four minutes of my time wasted hearing you ramble about the Cowboys yet another time. Um, do you do you have another Cowboys pick in here? Just, are we just? Picking I mean, is it just here? about the Cowboys, or are we talking about who was the more productive waiver wire pick? Because right, I don't well, know if you can make a case for your pick like I just did for mine. I was sure? here. I, this this pick is among like fantasy like winners. This is someone who was not drafted at all. Then we'll see if he's a waiver wire reward winner. <laughs> you're about, you're about <laughs> to see. Couldn't have been drafted, right? You should see, because I'm saying if he's he's a waiver wire pickup because he was picked up during the waiver. He was not drafted. No one respected him. No one was expecting him to play. He, I'm just saying that's the basis for this award, that fact right there. We're not giving this award to people who were drafted. <laughs> we're giving this award to people who weren't drafted and were picked up off the waiver wire. But continue with your pick. All right. I still will because this man finished even above Zeke in the running back rankings, you could actually also the, – the, I think the most valuable part of picking up this guy is that if you needed a running back, he got you. But if you needed a wide receiver, he also got you and was one of the most productive people in all of fantasy. I'm talking about none other than the journeyman who might not be a journeyman anymore, Cordero Patterson. He was a fantasy winner. This is someone who off the waiver wire was literally outproducing – your average receiver or your average running back. Anytime there was a bye week, he was the absolute best. He's like one of the first in the history of fantasy to be a gadget fantasy player, you know, where you could just slot him wherever you need him. Cordero Patterson, without the shadow of a doubt, more than them boys. That doesn't even make sense to me. But Cordero Patterson, that is a pick, waiver wire pickup of the year. All right. 
Well, you That's guys a are great pick. Cowboys had more touchdowns than him. You guys might smell. It. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you guys, you guys might smell a theme here. But uh, I'm going with a Cincinnati guy. His name is T. Higgins. What? what was he? Was he a waiver wire pickup? Oh yes. Oh yes. In in my league, yeah, it was not. He was not. How drafted. many teams in your league? There was six, ten, or ten. there was more than six. Ten team league was not wow. drafted. Well, ten team league. Yeah, still, that's weird. Border, borderline. What's the name of your league? <laughs> what is the name of my league? What? How? What relevance does that have on anything? Because I was going to look it up and apply to be in it next year. <laughs> listen, we can battle. We'll do battle next year, Gaddy. You're the one who. Let's do it. Listen to me, dude. There's uh, there was some uh, there was some talent. There was some talented teams. I didn't come in first. There's some guys that pay attention in this league. He was scooped up pretty quick. I'll tell you that, but. You know, I think T. Higgins outperformed what anybody thought he would. Now, I don't think he's as much of a surprise as, as his other boy on the other side, Jamar Chase. But I don't think anybody expected a thousand yard season out of T. Higgins. I mean, if you wanted to pick him up and put him on your bench and, you know, potentially slot him in for a bye week, maybe have him in a flex, you know, for, for some games, okay. But there were other options out there. Like, you guys are ultra surprised in a 10 team league that T Higgins might've been one of the top available guys. Um, it was just, you know, he happened to be a wide receiver too, um, you know, on, on any given roster and just week to week was producing. Um, so that was my waiver wire. Um, sorry if it's a little bit, you know, this is, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with the 10 team waiver wire pickup. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I'm not going with them boys. Um, for, for my, for, oh. for pick up there either, but, um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's who I had. Sorry. If it was a little biased towards the 10 team, if you're in a 12 team, I'll get you next time. Well, if it's 12 team, there's no doubt it's Cordero Patterson. I mean, that, well, I mean, Cordero, Cordero, Patterson, really Cordero Patterson seemed like a pretty big layup to me. It's, I mean, it's just so no, like the layup pick, like it's, it's oh. like he's, yeah. I, I was, I, I like to try and come up with something a little bit, you know, New, I could just be like, "Yep, Cordero Patterson." See you guys. Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> Fair hey, I mean, both both really good picks. So I don't think I mean three really good picks, regardless of what you no, guys. No, no, no. Both was correct. Yeah, yeah, no, both really good picks. <laughs> but um, it can't be denied that the most frequently, the most frequent transaction on a waiver wire is a defense. And if That's you find a defense that can score consistently, you're keeping that defense all year. And when you really feel confident about them, you're like, man, they're playing a good offense, but I got to start them, you know? And that, that that is the case with the Dallas Cowboys. No bias necessary. The stats speak for themselves. Um, but now, do I expect them to do it again next year? I wouldn't put money on it. Who knows, right? Do you guys expect your players to perform like they did this year, next year. Who knows? Who would you say is the most likely to fall off in fantasy football? That's twenty twenty two. I've got I've got one for you here. Is uh, and I got a reason behind it. Deontay Johnson put a pretty mm. big year. Mm. Great answer. Okay. Um, we don't know what the QB situation is. Not looking like it's going to be Big Ben. So. <laughs> you're gonna be seeing it doesn't look like they believe in rudolph i wouldn't either I, I mean if they give him a shot not looking you know not looking great for deontay um my opinion if you go with a rookie quarterback you still got you know you, you get 
that time to learn with them. This isn't a Joe Burrow situation where he played with Jamar Chase and he can just kind of wing it and take it and have that chemistry. I, I just see Deontay Johnson taking a step back next year and um, mainly because that QB situation is going to be uncertain. Now, listen, if they go out and they get Russell Wilson, he plays a full year and he's got Deontay Johnson to throw the ball to. He might see 12, 15 targets a game and outproduce what he did this year. Who knows? But from the outside looking in at this point with the uncertainty, I'm saying he's taking a step back. That is – um. That's a really good pick. Really is. <clears throat> He's my runner-up, actually. Who's the Who's the number one? Give us the number one, Rudy. Oh, I was waiting for Will, but I can't. Uh, yeah. I will. Uh, so, yeah, th- that was definitely my runner-up. Um, I don't know. I don't really believe in him like that. Uh, but the number one thing that I look for when you know someone breaks out is how many touchdowns did they have. Or, you know, how much of their actual point total is attributed to touchdowns? Because some be- sometimes people just go off. And my the easiest example that comes to mind is when Eric Ebron literally led the NFL in touchdowns. <laughs> when that the very next year, he was drafted like in the third or fourth round. And I was like, are you guys for real? Like Eric, you expect Eric Ebron to do that again? Touchdowns. You know, have people um, – they, they just have people confused because you're only staring at the stats and you're only like, oh, well, he finished fifth overall or he finished with X amount of points. Um, but, you know, touchdowns are worth six. So this person, I'm going to have to put the same uh, category. And, and let me just go on record as saying the, the only person that I ever said, you know what, I think that person is touchdown dependent and they proved me wrong like multiple years in a row is Aaron Jones. Kudos to him. Fantastic player. Um, everybody else that I've said, oh, no, no, he just had a lot of touchdowns this year, has been pretty bad the next year. So let me add James Conner to that list. That is my pick. Well, then take it away, Miss McGarry. Great, great pick. Good no, that, you know, it's, it's crazy that um, you literally said all the stuff. Uh, James Conner reminds me of a player named TJ Duckett, right? There was a season where T.J. Duckett, this was like in the early 2000s for the Atlanta Falcons, he busted out with like almost 800 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns, and he was high on a fantasy football radar, but he doesn't stay healthy, and then he doesn't get you that production. Always going to be a goal linebacker, so he'll get you like six, seven, eight touchdowns, but James Conner is basically the epitome of another T.J. Duckett. He has a big season. He gets you touchdowns. But then he breaks down. He misses games. And then next year, can you trust he does the same thing? They may go with another running back in the offseason. We don't know what they're going to add to their roster. But even if you put the same roster out there in 2022, I wouldn't expect him to have 14 touchdowns and nearly 800 yards rushing again. Uh, I just wouldn't expect him to have it. Um, I wouldn't expect him to play, you know, as many games as he did this year. So um, and plus they kind of run a two running back system and the other running back can easily get that rhythm and just take the job. So um, I'm James Conner is definitely uh, was absolutely my pick for a fall off player. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The first. Agree- oh, no, it's not because both of you. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. We, we, all we, three we of us need agree. to agree on something. 
that yeah. hasn't happened yet. But but hey, I got I got real quick before we get to the next award. I just want to point out one more comparison uh, to to James Conner that I like to make was Brandon Jacobs. Um, Brandon Jacobs, you know, James Conner might be a better pass catcher. He's proven that this year that he can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. But Brandon Jacobs had two thousand yard seasons back to back. One of those seasons, he put in fifteen touchdowns. What are we looking at right now? You know what I mean? A guy who just put up fourteen touchdowns, thousand plus yards, like. Is he going to do that again? Uh, I, I don't know. So, like, we all didn't have the same pick, but I think we're all in agreement on there. Like, you don't want to pick James Conner too high next year in your, in, in your leagues. I don't know if he's going to put up that type of production. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Woody doesn't want to miss this next award. So, like, I think this is a perfect time to talk about who in fantasy football next year is going to bounce back Let's start with you all right um this is definitely not the award but we're all gonna agree i'll tell you that right now because not one person not one person on planet earth is thinking about this person and there's like a lot of popular choices right there should be at least right christian mccaffrey um russell wilson Right, you know, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, all the guys that we talked about as letdowns. Um, a pretty underrated one is DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't have the best year. Um, but uh, this person kind of is coming at a complete left field. Um, but I do think there is an opportunity here. He was actually pretty good last year, and we don't even know what he was going to do this year because he got hurt. But next year. I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Chark makes some noise with Trevor Lawrence. We don't know who the coach is. We don't know who the coach is, but we know CJ's team, you know, the dumpster team are the Jags. And I think DJ Chark is, well, I I don't even know if I I should say, I think it should be a fact that he is the best receiver on that team. And Trevor has arm talent. Are we going to finally see it unleashed? I don't know because the man has not thrown a touchdown since Halloween, and it is 2022. That's already last year. <laughs> so it's been a little bit of time. Um, so so Trevor is struggling. There's no doubt there. But I think if he can get his act together, I mean, DJ, he was flourishing with, uh, who was it, Jake Lut- Luton, you know, or Luton. I don't know, Futon, Luton. He, he, was, he was succeeding with anybody throwing him the ball. So I think next year, if he's healthy, Trevor Lawrence, he has the talent. I think um, that will surprise a lot of people. He might jump up into, you know, like a top, you know, 25, uh, you know, fantasy receiver. That is a a very interesting pick because my pick for bounce back player next year is actually Trevor Lawrence. And I'll tell you (laughs) what, right? Um, Just to clarify things, Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown against the Patriots and it was his first touchdown since Mm -hmm. Halloween. That is very scary. Uh, I was born on October the 17th. That is the 10th month and the 17th day. And it is so atrocious that we're in the 18th week of football for the first overall pick, and he's only thrown 10 touchdowns in 17 interceptions. Um, It was a disastrous year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, I don't think that's a good fit for a rookie quarterback who needs to come into the NFL, learn the NFL way. 
Now you're bringing in a college coach who has to learn the NFL way. And it was a disaster all year. The Jacksonville Jaguars were in complete disarray. I don't know who the Jaguars are going to hire next. That remains to be seen. But whoever they pick is going to be a heavy focus on someone who can get production out of Trevor Lawrence. There, there may not be any Sean McVay's out there, right? But there's some young, innovative offensive minds who can have the same effect on Trevor Lawrence as Sean McVay did Jared Goff, who had an atrocious rookie year as well. So if I had to bet on someone who would be a bounce-back player, um, obviously you're not going to risk it all and draft Trevor Lawrence high in the draft. But when you pick your backup quarterback – and you sit and wait and see what happens, he might be a guy that you can start and feel comfortable trading your starter for a package of other um, things in fantasy football. So um, yeah, my bounce back player of the year, absolutely Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I, and I like that point too. They're going to look for a coach, uh, you, you know, a young coach that's going to be able to come up with some creative plays, right? Like they have. The, the reason why I was like not so low on the Jags wasn't wasn't because of Urban Meyer, right? Like, I mean, I wasn't like on an Urban Meyer hype train. I was on the Trevor Lawrence hype train. Like he does have arm talent. You guys said it. He does have a talent receiver in, in Chark. He, he had pieces around him. I mean, we saw what James Robinson was able to do behind him. They weren't really utilizing Chenault in how he should, and that's Urban Meyer's fault, right? Like, I mean – I didn't think Urban Meyer would be as bad as he was. Um, and I think that I don't want to make excuses, but I think that was a large part of why they were so horrible. Um, and I don't think I'm too out of line saying that there's a reason why he got fired and he couldn't even complete one season in the NFL. I mean, from week three, he said it was like playing Alabama every week. It's like, <laughs> what world do you, what world do you live in right now where you thought that this was going to be, college football like are you <laughs> dude what do you i mean and he's just that was just a mess and i don't know if you guys saw re <laughs> in the past couple of days what the jaguars fans are going to be doing this sunday did you guys catch that yet oh yes i did i did catch that faces because everybody's uh you know they didn't fire their gm which which everybody is you know pretty worked up about and so they're they're putting the clown emoji all over his face with a mustache that he's got too. Uh, and, and everybody's going to be wearing clown suits to Jacksonville games. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just had to validate that, you know, my, my hype was, was behind the the Trevor Lawrence, that offense, the young talent that I thought could kind of outspeed like some of what we saw from, from uh, the Bengals, right. That recipe of young speed, health consistency and like, you know, maybe edge out seven wins. You know, I wasn't expecting a ton from these guys, but good Lord, they underperformed what I thought. Now, that said, comeback player of the year for me, a guy that I traded for this year in fantasy, definitely let me down, DeAndre Hopkins. How many 100-yard games do you think DeAndre Hopkins had this year? I'm going to go with one. Oh, zero. Wow. Zero. Wow. Zero 100-yard yeah. games. Now, he still found the end zone. You know, they, they loved throwing to him in the end uh, in, in the red zone. Um, still ended up with eight touchdowns in 14 weeks. So, wasn't a stinker, right? But he wasn't that, that guy, 
right? The guy that we've seen, that fantasy, that number one, that's just going to go out consistently get you 20 points a week because he's catching the ball constantly and getting downfield and getting in the end zone. Um, I expected way more from him this year. And I think he's going to come back healthy next year. And, you know, I don't care who they bring back for the receivers. They got AJ green out there on the other side, who's still showing that he's a respectable wide receiver. Uh, Wesley has shown up the past couple of weeks. He might be making a name for himself next year. Some of the balls that he's catching and bringing down. I don't know if it's Kyler Murray, Murray making him look good, but they, they've got some talent. Maybe they'll bring back Zach Ertz again. I mean, there's that offense is good. There's meaning there's not going to be this double teaming action that DeAndre Hopkins is going to see. And he thrives in one-on-one coverage. Um, so I expect him to bounce back big time next year, continue that touchdown pace, but start putting up those 100, 125, 150 yard performances with 12, 15 catches, etc. No, that's a good point. Uh, DeAndre just has to stay healthy. Um, he, even though he just began to miss games, he was playing banged up all year long. So that, I mean, that, that's a, that's a large reason for his, like he was questionable heading into every week almost. Mm-hmm. And then he would decide to play and he would bust out with like a 70 yard catch. And then he didn't play the rest of the game, but yep. you know, so yeah, I would say he's a good pick for a player um, that should bounce back next week, next, next week. Yo, at least he didn't quit at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't quit at halftime during any of those. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right, we've been seeing that happen. Um, you know, aside from Antonio Brown, a, a player on a Buffalo Bills did it. Um, I don't know what's going on with these. But he players. didn't take his shirt off though. In the oh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't take his shirt off and dance around. Let's go, Jets. Let's go. And the thing I want to say about that is the story. Um, there's different stories out there, but the one that they say that favors Antonio Brown is hey my ankle hurt i can't go back in you need to get back in or get out of here now i'm gonna go skip around the whole field on his <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me like yeah. it just does not make sense at all but um we know he's not going to be the number one player drafted in fantasy football next year <laughs> try so who try me, Daddy. <laughs> is going to be the 2022 number one fantasy pick um well, is we, this we, the moment, gentlemen, where I, we all agree? Let me, no, let it's me not, because we, I already know on. yours, and I know that I, that I don't agree. Hold on, hold on. There's a good podium for this, right? Non-PPR leagues, Jonathan Taylor. PPR league, Cooper Cup. Period. Case. What? I disagree with both of those. Oh, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, come on. All right, well, that's fine. I hope we're in the same league next year, boys. I really do. Well, oh, we will. You have to say, I hope we like that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not even a question. My number one pick, and see, see, this is one of my biggest things about um fantasy. And I actually have a friend who I know is listening to this episode that will laugh when I say this, but you, you cannot chase the past, can't do it very, very rarely. Does a person repeat at the top of the fantasy chain? I disagree. I disagree with that entirely. Because people are drafting Christian McCaffrey in consecutive years. Like there's certain talent. Aaron Rodgers, the number one. Like I mean, these Devontae Adams. And Aaron, what do you mean? I'm talking about where they finished. It's not about where they drafted. Where they finished. 
Yeah, well, you know what? I'll I'll say I apologize for interrupting uh, because finish me because there are some players that you should not chase their past based on circumstances that got them their production. But there are some players you would be foolish to once you see it, not believe it can happen again. So it really depends on the player. So now I'm really curious to hear who yeah, your player is. Me too. Continue. I'm so, I, I, now, now, yeah. Now that I have the floor, when I had it and it was stolen, I'm sorry. Um, I apologize sincerely. No, I mean, I mean, Jonathan, he's a good pick, and he has a great offensive line. Like, I'm not saying he's trash. He's not trash. He's definitely a top five. Uh, but my number one pick, who I I got to pick. Um, I don't care if it's standard or PPR. I do. I am tempted in a PPR league, de- depending on what happens with like Devonte Adams, you know, and whatever. You know, Devonte Adams is is incredible. Um, but uh, standard PPR don't matter if this man is healthy in the preseason. You better draft him, and that is the only person other than Triple H that I've ever called King in my entire life. I'm talking about King Henry, Derrick Henry. The, the boy is a beast. Like, until we see, like, some sort of bad game or some sort of history of something. Like injury history? Yeah, I mean, what what do you what do you mean? He he's been held, he just he just missed time, but he's been a, a steady, consistent performer in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And now he got injured. So one time, that doesn't right. that doesn't mean a, one one injury does not make somebody injury prone. He also, matter, I feel more like, it's also I I I mean, for you to say in a non PPR because he could be outscored by other running backs in in a PPR league. I mean, in any given year, he he does not catch the ball out of the backfield. You look at guys like he Alvin literally Kamara. started catching the ball out of the backfield and the, the production. The man was still in the top five of rushing production <laughs> like three weeks after he got hurt. I know. I know. I, know. I, don't know. I just don't get how you can say you can't chase the pass and this is your pick. What do you mean? Yeah, like I- you're basing it. You're the reason why he should be the number one pick in fantasy football is because of what? What yeah. he's been doing when? <laughs> but then in that case, then everybody would be in the past. What are you talking oh, about? So you you said you can't chase the past. And fan, that was your those were your uh, words. Yes. So you cannot chase one like one great season. Someone has a breakout season and now everybody flocks to them. Derrick Henry has been one of the most consistent performers in fantasy for the last four years. Hey, how can you how can you tell me that he's been catching the ball more out of the backfield? I, I don't the, the the stats don't. I mean, they they don't say that. Like his 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 yards this year were like I mean I guess pacing better, but like it's he. I mean, if you were to say all right through eight weeks, let's double his numbers. He's going to get you thirty six catches. That's I mean. I didn't. Did I say that he was an elite pass catcher? I said no. no but my point is, in a PPR league, in a PPR league, there are some running backs that might get you better. That's why I was. That's why I was kind of separating those because it does matter. I mean, if you're catching, yeah. if you're a running back who catches ten balls a game, right, that are just dump offs in a full point PPR league, that's ten points. I mean, right off the bat, and Derrick Henry might get you two. It's. I mean. You know, compared like that's that's a pretty big that's a touchdown difference in a PPR. At the time of his injury, Derrick Henry was number one in PPR. Like he was a number one running back in PPR. Like he consistently 
makes up for it by rushing for 200 yards and like four TDs in a game. If 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 someone is rushing for 200 yards and four TDs in a game, they can have negative catch. They they can have four fumbles. I do not care. <laughs> production is incredible. Like that's what like Derrick Henry. He has been consistent. When so let me clarify because will I guess yes everybody right anybody is you're chasing the past but I'm saying one great year does not mean seven great years in the future all right all I'm saying like I like to go with consistency and, and that was a reason why I, I love Christian McCaffrey was because every single game he played every game he played if it's PPR he has thirty points it, it, yeah. Once upon a time, it really does not matter who you do. He was the epitome of consistency. Once upon a time, there was a fantasy running back who was consistently the number one consensus pick in the NFL draft, right? And I'm going to tell you who that player was. And then a few years later, there was another running back who actually dethroned him and became the consensus number one pick for running back in almost every fantasy draft. And the two things that these guys have in common, they were bell cows. LaDainian Tomlinson in his rookie year rushed for almost 1,270 yards. Then the next year he was over 1,600 yards. Adrian Peterson in his rookie year, you know, Adrian Peterson in his rookie year rushed for over 1,300 yards. Then he went for over 1,700 yards. Do you know who reminds me of those two guys right now? Jonathan Taylor. It's not a one-year fluke. Jonathan Taylor on a part-time basis last year. You know, yeah, he started the majority of games, but they were really handing the ball off to a lot of people. Had 1,200 yards rushing. This year, they turned the offense over to him. And he had a better quarterback last year in Phillip Rivers. This year, they got off to a low start. All they had was Jonathan Taylor facing eight, nine men in a box. Still ran for 1,700 plus yards and 18 touchdowns and still had over 300 yards receiving. And that's not even what he does well. I'm willing to put my faith and trust in fantasy football on Jonathan Taylor being the safest running back pick in next year's draft based off of his first two seasons. Now, I'm not a risk taker. So in our league, if, if, you know, if I have the second pick, and Woody, you have the first pick. I'm going to be happy because you can go ahead and take Derrick Henry. I'm sure he's going to do good for you. But, you know, once you get that injury that keeps you out for a significant time in the season, it's always possible that that injury comes back or another injury happens, even if it's just for a couple of weeks. So I would say next year, Derrick Henry's average draft position is probably going to be in that middle to late part of the first round, because that's one thing that fantasy football users do. They run away from people who were just injured for a long time, Listen, right? Yes. And I, th I think that would be – I would still draft Derrick Henry. I just wouldn't draft him over Jonathan Taylor. But I do think my way-too-early 2022 number one pick, because of the reasons I stated, Jonathan Taylor. To your point, I love that's why I love drafting third, right? That, then I can't take any blame. For making the wrong pick you guys are going to be like all right well derrick henry jonathan taylor boom off the board i'm taking the next best running back it's going to be like either christian mccaffrey or alvin Kamara, and hey it's like you know my hands are tied what was i supposed to do you know like i didn't have either of those guys so uh, I'll, I'll i'll hopefully get to the number three uh number three pick 
and let you guys make one of the mistakes, and then uh, you know we can we can talk about. Well, it, it sounds like I'm still getting Derrick Henry at number four in this in this league. No so way. no, I'm not letting him go number four. Listen, Woody, I'm not I had the pick. I want the ninth pick. Oh, oh, oh so you get Josh Allen? No, I'm gonna keep my secrets to myself, but. Give me a, a a bottom four pick in the first round, and I will win the league. Oh man! All right. We're gonna have, we're gonna have well, that's for sure. Um, everyone listening to this, um, feel free to reach out and try to join this league. Obviously, we got to do it with more than just the four of us here. So this league is going down. Um, it will be very exciting to week to week just share how well I'm doing, beating everybody. And all my amazing We're gonna make uh, side to side trophy boys. So yeah, we get this, get all these subscribers. If you're listening to this right now, send us a message that you want to get on the fantasy football league. We will write you down, we will get you in the league. We will uh we're gonna have some cool stuff going on, and, and I'm definitely I'm making a trophy. Heck yeah, we're doing yeah. this. No, we don't have cool. a trophy. Yeah. Do I need to send you my address right now so you can send it? Ha, I know no, I'll keep it right here for now. Uh. <laughs> And if we get more, if we get at least 24 of you, including us, to be in a side-to-side league, we can do something really fun. We can have a blue side and a red side where we have one league over here, one league over there, and then we can do something fun where the two champions, their teams, regardless of who's on their teams, we can manually make like a championship match for the grand champion. Uh, I think that would be fun. That's something that hasn't been done. And um, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great episode. These are your fantasy football award winners brought to you by the Side to Side Sportscast. And we want you to be on the Sportscast with us. And we want you to call it how you see it. Call it how you saw it. Call out those who didn't see it how you saw it. Represent your team, your players, Tell us how you feel about what you're feeling about, and let's do this. It's been fun. We got to run. We out.